before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about my new songwriting instruction video course called Tools Not Rules. I designed this two and a half hour, six part video course to help songwriters finish more songs and become more confident and more capable in their songwriting and creativity. The course is $97, but for the next couple of months, listeners of this podcast can get 30% off that price by going to rosskingmusic.com slash unfinished30. That's rosskingmusic.com slash unfinished30. Now let's jump into the podcast. Hey, this is Ross King, and you're listening to Unfinished, a limited series podcast where I take you song by song through the writing and recording process of my newest record, also called Unfinished. For me, the process of making a record is emotional and thrilling and exhausting and all kinds of other things, and I look forward to taking you inside and sharing with you some of the stories of the journey. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. Ten or twelve years ago, we were living in Texas. I was doing my artist thing, independent artist, worship leader, stuff like that. And for a variety of reasons, I started flying out to Nashville every couple of months or so to write songs. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to write for other artists and kind of be more in the formal contemporary Christian music space, just as a way to kind of expand what I was doing. And at the time, I had always written songs a certain way. And it went something like, you know, me and another person or persons would go into a room together and maybe one of us would have some lyric ideas or whatever. And we just get out our instruments, guitars and pianos or whatever, and we'd write. And when we finished, we'd get on our phones or some other recording device and we'd put a little very acoustic rough demo on these phones or on these devices. And then, you know, if it was ever turned into like a real production, it was for like the record or something, right? And as I began to come out to Nashville, I noticed something different that was new to me. And as it turns out, was kind of new, somewhat new to the industry. And it was this way of writing where a producer was brought in from the very beginning. I would get a call to write with an artist and a producer. And so I'd show up at the producer's house or at some studio and the artist might say, here's an idea, Here, here's a vibe I'm going for, here's a mood, and they might play a couple of songs that kind of had a certain sound, and the producer would say, oh, interesting, you know, and then they would start to put down, you know, using samples, com- you know, computer stuff, they would put down keyboard parts and drum tracks, and they'd just kind of create like like a soundscape, and it was often just like three or four chords repeated, but that would start the process of the writing, and then me, instead of picking up my guitar and trying to figure out chords, I would just be at a laptop and I would start trying to sing, write melodies. Me and the artist and the producer would try to sing melodies over this and write lyrics that maybe fit with whatever idea that that we were chasing. So it was different because for the first time in, in my life as a writer, I wasn't thinking about chords or musicality as much as I was just thinking about melody and lyric. This kind of writing is called top line writing. It's not important for the sake of this podcast, but it's just something that that I learned as I started doing it. All this to say, you know, I've always been drawn to new ways of doing things. You know, I, I'm a kind of person that can get stuck in a habit and gets really excited when there's some option for breaking that habit. So I was really interested in this idea because I thought it was fun a fun way to do something new. 
And then I, I noticed that when I wrote this way, I wrote different kinds of melodies than I would write if I wrote by myself or if I wrote when I'm primarily an instrumentalist in the room. And I wrote better lyrics and I wrote different kinds of lyrics. And it just it just intrigued me because I just like I just like new things. You know, I'm a high change person. I'm kind of ADD and I enjoy change. But it never translated. It never crossed over into my writing for like my records, my music, my artistry. It was just something I did to write CCM or sync music or music for other artists or whatever. It's just something I did in that space. And then at some point it occurred to me it was worth trying it in my own music. Another aspect of this is that I'm the kind of person that sometimes is too compartmentalized in my creativity. The example would be when I'm writing worship music, I'm thinking a lot about congregations and best keys for vocalizing and theology and word choices, language. I can't shake that there are a lot of like guardrails and parameters in my head when I'm working on worship music, like congregational worship music, versus if I'm writing contemporary Christian pop or if I'm writing singer-songwriter music. I struggle to not compartmentalize those things. And so I had this compartment where I was like, when I write CCM, I write it over a track and I write a certain way. And I realized at the same time, I'm not a very good melody writer. I've always focused on lyrics a lot more than I focused on melody. And as a result, I think some of my melodies in my old catalog aren't that great. This is all just stuff that, you know, that self uh, indulgent, overly introspective artists like me do, right? So I, I was overthinking all this. But this is a long way of saying. I started wondering what it might be like if I pulled this top line style of writing using a track as a kind of jumping off point, what it would be like to pull that into my personal artistry and see what I could do. So I contacted Ben and Mark, my trusted producers and friends, and said, could you guys just make me some pseudo-produced 8 or 16 bars of music kind of thing? No melody, no lyrics, just a sort of sonic palette, a soundscape. And let me just sit with it. And Golden was the first song that I'd ever written um, that way. So they went to work on some tracks and a little while later, Mark sent me this track. And it was, it had this kind of Ed Sheeran sort of vibe to it. And he said, you know, this feels like you. It feels like the kind of energy that you thrive in and that you like to write. So, you know, try this on for size. And he played me this really, really cool track. Topline writing works. It's like you hear this melody and you start thinking, well, what could I sing over that? And so you just start looking for melodies that might rightly sit on top of it. So it's da 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 da
like that. Like that's basically the way that top line works, at least melodically. You're just trying stuff out till something feels good and feels right for the mood. And then you have to figure out what you want to do with the lyric. And I'd always been drawn to the book of Job. And I'd been interested for a lot of my life in this passage in Job chapter 23, which says, basically, this is at the, this is at the heart of the story where Job is just going through a brutal time. And he's talking to his friends. He's basically saying, I've been looking for God everywhere and I can't find him. And he says, you know, I go to the east and he's not there. I go to the west. And he lays out all the sort of compass points and says, I can't find him. And then he says, but he knows the path that I take. And, you know, when when I'm done with this, I will come forth as gold. That's what one of the translations says. And I've always loved that. This, this, this confession of, I cannot find God. I'm having a super hard time finding God. I just, I just can't find him. But I don't doubt that he's going to make me better through this. And I love this super honest juxtaposition of utter despair that I can't find God and uh, complete and total faith and hope that it's going to make me a better person, that I will get through it and that I'll be better when I do. That's really wonderful, right? And to me, that's like, you know, I I have my last album before this was called We Know How This Thing Ends, you know, because I'm very, and then my worship album before that was called This Hope Will Guide Me. You know, and so I'm really, really interested in this idea that we are guided to the end of this thing, and that while we're waiting for that ending, we hold on uh, with whatever faith that we can muster. So I just thought, oh, gold, golden. This song sounds kind of shiny and sparkly. It sounds gold to me, right? And that's kind of how my brain works. Um, I tend to, you know, think of songs kind of having colors and and uh, moods and. There's a visual element to it. So I just started chasing that idea. If you listen to Golden, you'll see there's a bunch of melodies in it. And it's because, I believe it's because I didn't have to think about chords. I was doing this top line thing and it freed me up to do something new and different that um, that I had never done in my artistry before. And I'm so, so happy with it. And it's funny because I get so many compliments on uh, on that song these specific kind of compliments where people have said to me, good friends of mine who followed my music for years have said to me, oh, this feels like you're really kind of finally settling into what you do best, which is funny because they don't know, but it feels like what I, according to them, what I do best is to let somebody else help me with the chords and the soundscape. Either way, I am self-aware enough to know I benefited greatly from the help that Ben and Mark gave me with this song, and I love how it turned out. I don't know where you went. I go to the east, I go to the west, still I'm not finding you. In the north, in the south, I'm chasing you down like somebody's out of you. I know you know the way I go, and you won't leave me broken. Through it all, you're making me golden. So initially, I just, I think I wrote a chorus on that track and sent it back to Ben and Mark, and they sent back some tweaks. And then we just started going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, where I would write words and melody, and they would send back things they thought could be better. But also, they'd send back new pieces of the track. 
and say, hey, how about, how about this piece of music for the bridge? How about this dynamic for second verse? Um, or, hey, how about this change? It had an intro, now there's no intro, that kind of stuff. So it was really cool because it was unlike most songs where you write the whole song and then you give it to the producers and then they build a track. This was the production and the song were being created at the exact same time. Like I said, it's a really, really fun and wonderful way to write uh, for me. And I think the result is a really interesting song because it's it's joyful and celebrative, but it also carries these heavy emotions and confessions and doubts. And for me, that's like a, a really perfect cocktail because there's hope and joy and faith sort of baked into the melodies and the presentation, but there's also some deeply honest and authentic and even kind of complicated expressions of of that faith and of that hope. So I'll stand up and face it. I got a chance and I don't want to waste it. Sometimes grace can be a little abrasive, but if I embrace it, it'll sharpen up my dull places. I'm trying not to focus on how cool the universe can be. I'm looking for a reason to believe I'm wrong that somebody's cursing me. But I refuse to listen to all the voices in my head. But instead, I keep praying the words that Joel said. I go to the east, I go to the west. Golden starts with a lyric that really serves as a theme for me these days. I've just, I spent a lot of time in church growing up and youth groups and you know all that stuff been kind of in the church life for really my entire life and one thing that's true about church and about testimony and really about any kind of christian art is that we're supposed to tell our stories of god's redemption when that redemption has been made complete so like you know if i have some kind of crazy past life of sin I can tell you about it because it's in the past. I can say, I was addicted, you know, to this or that, or I was in this lifestyle of sin and it was awful, but then God rescued me. I turned from that and now I'm different. And now I'm on this stage here today to tell you that God can make you better. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all fine. And I understand why it is the way it is. But what it means is that when we're in the midst of something broken, or something addictive, or something oppressive in our lives that we just can't seem to shake, we are at least subconsciously, inadvertently discouraged from talking about it. Because all we see is people who share when they're over it, when they're through it, when they've struggled, but the struggle is basically done. And I understand, like I said, why that is the way it is. But I believe it contributes to a culture of sort of perceived perfection, which is an impossible weight for people to carry. And, you know, one of my goals in the last several years, as I've been through some depression and anxiety and other mental, emotional health struggles, one of my goals has been to pull back the veil on that and be as vulnerable and as publicly messed up as I can um, and obviously, I, I don't always know how to do that uh, without embarrassing myself or without feeling really, really fragile. <laughs> so it's kind of fun to put it in a song 
where the song is pop enough and upbeat enough that maybe you don't look as closely. You know, you're too busy listening to the hooks. And that, that's a fun challenge as a songwriter. And I feel like this song did a decent job at that. I think it's too soon to write this. I'm still in the grip of the crisis. If this is part of making me righteous, I might just need a little courage to fight this. Honestly, I feel a little bit like Job, though I know he had it worse than me. Facing opposition everywhere I go, like somebody's cursing me. And Speaking of vulnerability, uh, I want to share something that I've probably never shared in a super public way. I'm going to just be vague and brief about it because this isn't really the time or place to go deep into this sort of doctrinal area. But there's a lyric that appears a couple of times in the song. It's in, it's in the pre-choruses. And the first one says, I'm facing opposition everywhere I go like somebody's cursing me. Second pre-chorus says, uh, I'm looking for a reason to believe I'm wrong that somebody's cursing me. And like I said, I won't go deep into this, but I, I will say this. Just like I have a theology and a doctrine that speaks to the idea of blessing, I have a theology and a doctrine that speaks to the idea of curses. And just as we can say things over over people that are blessings or over ourselves that can bless us, I think we can do that with curses. Just as we have to kind of receive and reject blessing from people, I think we receive and reject curses from people and, and from ourselves. And I won't go way into that. If you want to know more, you can just message me privately and I'll tell you what, what I think about it. But... This song this song has all these little tiny hints in it about deeper things that I'm thinking. And like I've said, I, I kind of tried to hide a bunch of deeper thoughts in a, in a really fast, hooky uh, lyric. But I have struggled in my life with feeling like something organized and powerful was coming against me. And I'm not trying to be wacky here. I'm just being honest. There have been seasons in my life when I felt like, man, I am facing something that feels almost like it has um, some authority to kind of beat me up. And I've done some work. Our family's done done some work to push against that, to reject, to to speak against those things authoritatively in the name of Jesus. But I wanted to to say, I, I wanted to briefly hint in this song about that stuff because I think it's really important that occasionally we look at our lives and say, am I letting anything push me around that shouldn't? Am I giving authority to things that I shouldn't? Am I submitting to something that, that has no real power over me, but I'm giving it power? And I just you know, wanted to throw that in there because I think that's that's exactly what happens with Job. You know, Job is sort of, there's a situation where God has granted, you know, in the story of Job, God's granted Satan this power to kind of mess with and test Job, but not kill him, you know. And it's that's a pretty crazy story, and doctrinally, it's it's pretty thorny. I'm not going to lie. But with regard to me and, and the way I, to, I, I approach this lyric, I wanted to speak to this thing because... I wanted to say, no, I reject that. So you have the second pre-chorus ends with, but I refuse to listen to the voices in my head. And for me, self-talk has been a big part of these, has been um, closely associated with how I've felt cursed or attacked. And so it's me saying, no, I refuse that. I refuse that curse. I refuse those kinds of attacks. And I... Pray the words of Job instead. 
which include, he knows the way I go, and he's going to make me gold. So anyway, that, that's just a brief word on that. And, you know, I, I try to make this, this podcast too preachy. But in this moment, I just want to say to you that if you felt those things, you have the authority, Christian, to speak against that stuff. Not because you're awesome, but because you are a child of the King. And because in Jesus' name you have power. And I just, I really wanted um, this song to give hope to anybody who kind of felt cursed or who felt like, man, I just can't, I just can't, can't get out from under this, this heaviness or this attack. You know, as always, it's just a song and I, I don't have big, crazy, unrealistic expectations of what a song might do in someone's life. But at the same time, if I didn't believe that songs had a real power to change and help and encourage people like down deep in their soul, I wouldn't be doing this. I like writing songs, but the point of all this for me is to take the pain and the hurt and the victories and the good days and bad days and all of that and turn it into something redemptive and beautiful and wonderful that comforts people in their journeys. Finally, and whatever this is worth, I want to say a quick word to the creative people out there, which at some level is all of us, right? Whether we know it or not, we're all creative. Here's a bit of free advice. Take it or leave it. If you're stuck in your creativity, or if you just want to grow a little bit, take the thing that you love doing, the thing that you're good at or that you want to be good at, and just try doing it in a different way. I know this sounds simple, and it is but it's really powerful. Try taking a method or a tool or a system that's new to you or that's only ever worked in a super specific way and use it or use it in a different way than you've been using it. Just do new things or do old things in new ways. This always works for me to make me more creative. It doesn't always produce something artistically wonderful right then, but it always unlocks my creativity. For me, in this situation, you know, uh, this song, that was me taking a form of songwriting that I'd only ever used to write songs for other people, songs that weren't necessarily, you know, personal or precious to me, and I tried using it to write my own songs, which were very personal and precious to me, and I mixed in this different way of doing it, and it created this different kind of song. And listen, my old way of writing songs wasn't broken. I didn't need a new method. I just tried one to see what would happen. And the result was one of my favorite songs ever. And honestly, one of my most streamed songs ever. See, when we do new creative things, whether we feel like we need to do new things or not, it pushes us. It unlocks rooms in our brains that we might not even know were there. And again, it doesn't always work in an immediate sense. I've got lots of stories of me trying something new and it just doesn't work. But here's the thing. Doing new things inherently requires faith. And there's hardly anything more important to our lives than faith. And I think that's actually, if I'm honest, that's the heart of the Job story. And it's the heart of this song for sure. And it's pretty central to the way that I want to live and the way that I honestly believe I'm called to live. Think about it. Jesus comes on the scene, and what does he keep saying? 
particularly to religious people like us. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. You guys are building kingdoms and serving kingdoms and putting your hope and your trust in kingdoms. But my kingdom isn't like those. It's different. This, what I'm doing, this is something else. I'm making all things new. In me, you're a new creation. And if something new is coming, I think that necessarily means the old stuff has to go. The old is past, the new has come. My kingdom is coming, Ross. And well, your kingdom's going to have to go. But letting go of the old is really hard, right? It's really, really hard. And now I guess I'm talking about something a lot bigger than just doing new things to get more creative. Now I'm talking about the creator of the universe doing a new thing in me. So I'm going to keep moving forward through difficulty and uncertainty, through excitement and adventure, through the thrill of trying new things and seeing them go really well, and through the disappointment and doubt of trying new things and utterly failing. I and you, me, us, all of us, we're going to keep moving forward through all of that because just like with Job, the Lord knows the path that we take. The scary, doubtful, just barely faithful, barely holding on path that we take. And he's using every part of that path to knock away the old and build up the new. And it's really hard. But through it all, I think, I hope, I believe, he's making us golden. crashing down and we start from scratch see what we can live without in the end i know it'll all be gold while i wait for that